0: <clears throat> so, there's, there's one story from my childhood that my dad will never let me forget. Okay, actually, there's a lot of stories from my childhood my dad won't ever let me forget, but this one, this one he's told so many times, I can picture it like it happened yesterday. If my brothers and I were lucky, sometimes my parents would take us to McDonald's, and after eating... We would get to play in the play place like the best thing ever but the real fun started when it was time to leave one time my my dad made the announcement all right boys it's time to go but instead i decided to just stay up there in that play place Uh, those those mcdonald's play places they usually had kind of up on the right there, one of those big, clear, plastic bubbles. Somewhere on the second level, you kind of just sit there and look around at stuff. After my dad made the announcement, it's time to go, he says he saw me just sitting in that bubble with an evil grin on my face. The game was on. I knew we'd only leave if my dad actually came up into the play place to get me. And there is nothing more exhilarating than having your dad chase you in those plastic tubes. It's terrifying, but really fun. And that's probably why my dad has bad knees to this day. He's chased me in those tubes. But kudos to him. He caught me finally. I was in big trouble. But then a bunch of time passed. That punishment was forgotten. It seemed like we could just let bygones be bygones. Until one day, my dad was driving me and my brothers in the car and we we passed a McDonald's. And he said, oh, hey, you guys want to go get an ice cream cone? We, We were pumped. Yes, ice cream. But then my dad said, oh, wait, that's right. Last time you wouldn't get out of the play place when I told you to. We're not getting any ice cream today, boys. And this is probably his favorite part. We just started bawling our eyes out. And now I I can just picture him sitting up there in the driver's seat with an evil grin on his face now. Well played, Dad. Well played. We We were devastated. He held out that little hope, that dream of having ice cream. Just for a moment, it was there. He held it out just so he could crush it. Of course, that was the point. And well, we kind of deserve the punishment. The way that I disobeyed my dad there at McDonald's, it really isn't all that different from what the people of the kingdom of Judah did to God back in the time of Jeremiah. See, the, the people of Judah, they knew what God expected from them as his chosen people. They knew we're, we're not supposed to bow down to false idols or worship false gods from other nations. They, they knew we're, we're supposed to listen to God's prophets, prophets like, like Jeremiah here. But God's chosen people deliberately disobeyed him. They did. They, they chose to bow down to idols, pieces of wood and stone, Instead of the living God, they, they didn't listen to Jeremiah and the other prophets' warnings. They, they actually put to death a lot of the prophets. They, they tried to kill Jeremiah a number of times. They chose to listen to some false prophets instead because uh, th- that was actually what they wanted to hear. Jeremiah is sometimes called the weeping prophet. And that kind of makes sense. Jeremiah, he, he saw God's people abandon the God who loved them so much. He, he saw his people turn their backs on God despite the gracious promises he'd given them and, and the, the track record God had of delivering them from their enemies. Generation after generation, they turned away from the Lord. Jeremiah is also called the weeping prophet because of the punishment that that God was was going to bring on the people of Judah. Jeremiah's people too. Jeremiah warned them about their disobedience and their, their rebellion. He told them, if you repent, you have a God who is gracious. He will forgive you. But they ignored him. And so Jeremiah had to bring the bad news. God's wrath was coming. In Jeremiah chapter 25 through 29, Jeremiah has to give them the the tough message that that the kingdom of Jerusalem was going to be swept away by the kingdom of Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. Even even the temple in Jerusalem, God's sign of his presence with his people, was going to be destroyed. The people themselves, they were going to get taken into exile in Babylon. A lot of reasons for Jeremiah to weep. Judah, God's people, would be ruined. But what about God's promises? Weren't weren't the Israelites, the people of Judah, God's chosen people? In the face of the coming judgment, the nation would be swept away and, and the, the place would be left a, a desolate wasteland. It, it appeared that all God's past promises to Israel, to, to Abraham, to King David, all those great hopes and expectations, looks like they'd be coming crashing down when Babylon came knocking on the door. You know, we, we have our own kingdom of Judah moments. We, we know the, the great and, and amazing things our God has done for us. We know he's, he's purchased our redemption with his own blood on the cross. We see his love demonstrated for us in Jesus. Like the people of Judah, we have no reason to turn away from God or, or disobey him. And yet, even though we know what God says in his law, we, we find plenty of reasons to, to break that law. And we might not bow down to idols of wood and stone, but we, we might catch ourselves sometimes bowing down to that person we see in the mirror, putting ourselves first in our hearts instead of God. We might fall into the sin traps of this world and, and we might claim like Judah, well, everyone else is doing it, why not me? God has given us his word, his prophets in the Bible, and yeah, well, there's some some things that he says in there that I don't don't really want to listen to. You might ignore God's word at times. God has every right to take back all his good promises from us, to, to dash every hope that he holds out to us. But he doesn't. Instead, he extends to us a branch. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah in those days. And at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. It looked like God had abandoned Judah because of their disobedience, their rebellion. And God, God had to bring punishment on them to, to teach them a lesson, just like my dad had to punish me and my brothers when we disobeyed. But God would restore his people because God is the great promise keeper. His promises run deep. They always get fulfilled. Even though the kingdom of Judah would go into exile and the line of kings would come to an end, the gracious promise stood. Nothing could get in the way of that. God had promised to King David, I'm going to give you a descendant who will establish your throne forever. God would fulfill the promise to give a Savior. And nothing could get in the way of that, no matter how awful things were about to get for the people of Judah. God keeps his promises despite his people's disobedience. That's a big thing. God keeps his promises despite his people's disobedience. Even when we, we turn from God at times, from his word, God never turns his back on you. His gracious promise of a Savior stands firm Despite our rebellion, despite our disobedience, that promise is not going anywhere. The days are coming, Jeremiah told the Israelites. And this isn't just a vague expression like, oh, God may or may not get around to keeping this promise. No, the time is set. It's just around the corner. The days are coming. God is committed to this action. He will send a branch from the line of David. He promised, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. And to the people of Judah in Jeremiah's time, it sure looked like the, the line of kings in Judah was about to come to an end. When the city of Jerusalem fell, so did the kingship. And never again would an heir of David rule as king in Jerusalem not as an earthly king, that is. About 500 years later, an angel appeared to the Virgin Mary. He announced the coming of a king, the righteous branch from David's line. He would save his people in the world. You heard that earlier. The angel announced God never let that promise slip away from his people. He he sent the Savior from the line of David. And now just look at that complete turnaround for the kingdom of Judah. This Jesus, he will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteousness. No longer would would Judah be plagued by kings who led the people away from God. And as much as this stump of a rotting stump that David's line was, God caused something new to sprout up. This Messiah, he would summarize all the best qualities of the best kings. And infinitely more than that, he would be the ideal king Not just protecting his people, but giving them the right standing with God that they lacked. Jeremiah and the people of Judah, they had to look ahead to that promise being kept. Right? You have a lot of those words, the days are coming in those days, at that time. We have something better. We get to look back at the promise kept. We get to do what no Old Testament believer ever got to do. We get to celebrate Christmas, the coming of our king, the righteous, righteous branch of David. And so, you know what, let's, let's read these verses again, this time, from our perspective. The days have come declares the Lord when I fulfilled the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah in those days. And at that time, I made a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He does what is just and right in the land. In these days, Judah has been saved and Jerusalem lives in safety. This is the name by which we Will be called the Lord our righteousness. This Christmas, you get to see that long awaited promise of a Savior being kept. There in that manger, you have the gift of hope, the righteous branch. Jesus always did what was just and right. All the days he was on this earth, he kept his Father's law, He, he did everything for your benefit, not his own, the perfect king. Now, maybe you are asking yourself, what does Judah being saved and Jerusalem living in safety have to do with me? I mean, you also maybe think of this, Uh, the city of Jerusalem, eh, it's never really been considered a safe place for a long time now. Lots of violence there. Did, Did God really... Fulfill this promise? Well, did you know, first of all, often in the Bible and in many prophecies, God's Old Testament people, the kingdom of Judah, are direct correlation with his New Testament people, the church. The the present day church made up of all believers in Christ are equivalent to that Old Testament kingdom of Judah here in this prophecy. And so even though the kingdom of Judah has never come back to glory and maybe never will, well, that ultimately was never the point anyway. The restoration here that's being talked about is about a spiritual kingdom. This prophecy has always been all about God's people, not just a nation. So God sent that branch of David to Judah to assure them that they are saved that they dwell in safety even if their city and their kingdom is lying in ruins God gave them more than just national security he gave them what they really needed soul safety soul security with King Jesus reigning for them in a kingdom that lasts forever, giving them his righteousness. That's exactly what the people of Judah had. Soul security. The modern day Judah, the, the church of God on earth, has already received the fulfillment of this promise. We get to dwell in soul security, knowing that, That God loves us and has taken care of everything so we can be saved. And I think this is the best part. You and I, believers, we get a new name. The Lord, our righteousness. The right standing we claim with God. It's not something we point to in ourselves. We have the righteous branch. Extending his right standing with god over us so maybe a branch is a really good picture of that it's extended over us we have soul safety we have the right standing with god that we need god's kept his promises and with our our theme today it's it's on your page there hope is greater than optimism well Think about this, optimism, as optimistic as you might be that it won't snow at all this winter, it still might, no matter how optimistic you are that it won't. And no matter how optimistic you are, you'll get the job you've always wanted. You you might not. See, it's not based on our level of optimism for things to actually happen, to have an outcome. You need something better than optimism. You need hope. The kind of confident hope that God gives in the Bible. The kind of hope that's not based at all on your level of optimism. It's based on the fact that God keeps His promises. So this Christmas, look at the little Christ child in that manger and know that God has kept His most important promise. He's going to keep all the rest too. Despite our disobedience, God lets us play in the play place and have ice cream. This is not the way God should treat us, but it is the way he treats us. He loves you. He sent the righteous branch to prove it. The gift of hope. Amen.